yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot yeah. And who's about, who's about. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Charles Bishop is literally on assignment. I don't know how you get to go on assignment to be on the Miami Beach, Miami Gardens, but, you know, I guess there's a little game down that way between Jackson State and FAMU. Some things are going on. We'll see how it turns out. We'll talk about it in the second half of the show. But with that being said, welcome to episode 298 of Inside the HBC Sports Live Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports, for institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA, when we, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics, to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports, as we like to call it around here, HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Camille, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. As I said, Charles Bishop is on assignment, but we're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live. The KSOH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, I have Mike Washington in the building. How you doing, Mike? Oh, I'm fine, Doc. How you doing? It's Thursday. We, 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 we are past week zero, ground zero. We are week one, full schedule. It's time to get it on. Yes, it is that time, and I'm going to let y'all just in the second half, I'm going to let y'all go in. We're going to talk about the games of the week. We'll see what you think, uh, and we're going to really get into side some of these numbers. I, I got some folks that know what they're talking about, so we're going to let y'all chop it up a little more. We got A.D. Drew. How you doing today? Look, as the only brother on this show who does not have a button down and a collar on right now, <clears throat> Excuse me. You can see I'm ready for football this weekend. You know, I don't care. I, I got another day to work. I didn't already threw my, got my fandom going with, with my uh with my Tuskegee shirt on, fella. So yeah, if you ain't got a button down, a tire, if you want to call it, at least you do a representing your HBC ready for some games. You know, we do have some of the professors over there in the Department of Health Kinesiology. Oftentimes they gotta get out there and show the students how to get it done. So they wear a t-shirt. So we got a demo, gotta be comfortable. All right. And now we got a new one in here. We got a newbie, guys. We got the adjunct. We got an adjunct. We got Joshua Sims Jr. Oh, he's North Carolina Central in the MEAC. Y'all said y'all wanted MEAC representation. We found it. And he's an eagle. He going to let it fly. Oh, he, he is flexing. He, uh, yeah, I see him. That's the eagle. He's the eagle flying, baby. He's, he's, he's stretching on wings. Stretching on wings out. <laughs> oh, let it fly. Yes. He is the host of HBCU Nightly. We'll let him tell you a little more about that. You can catch him on uh, Twitter Spaces as he does his thing and bring different guests in. And they talk about HBCU sports uh, in general and give a great perspective. So make sure you check him out. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. That's Joshua Sims Sr. Uh, you can make sure you find him there. Uh, before the end of the show, we'll make sure that we give that plug again. But with that being said, Joshua, how are you doing? Man, doing phenomenal, man. Blessed and highly favored. Live here from the from the Queen City, getting ready for the biggest HBCU football weekend in the country this weekend. One hundred back Eagle Classic. So Doc, I'm I'm locked in, locked and loaded, baby. I can't complain. I did. I hear y'all just about sold out tickets. That was earlier, so they might have sold them out. And there's questions of whether they're gonna even open up the deck because the uh, so many people want the tickets. It'll be interesting to see what that is about. What are your thoughts on that, real quick, man? Uh, Yesterday, I had the esteemed opportunity to be at Charlotte Sports Foundation yesterday, who's uh, the organizational body that's putting on, in, the, in coordination with Duke's Mayo, uh, Mayo Classic, 
they're the organizational body that is putting on the uh, Ag Eagle Classic this year and in Charlotte. And in the conversations yesterday, Doc, everybody in the office yesterday sounded like we've getting ready to sell, we getting ready to sell out, and that the conversation had already started about opening up the, the upper deck. So I know that they were trying to aim for more of a Charlotte FC kind of the soccer club uh, team type of feel, but. Look, man, going to open up that top deck, baby. We're going to fill that up, too. We'll put 70000 in there so they can keep bringing us back in here. Yeah, that's how we want to do it anyway. Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. That's the attitude to have. I certainly will have my eyes on that game. As long as we got you there, we know that we're going to get all the information. And we'll make sure after the game this weekend, maybe Sunday or Monday, or even later next week, we'll make sure we'll bring you back and give us the update so you can give us a breakdown on exactly what took place. And in your mind, I know you're saying it's going to be an equal victory. Now, don't worry with my Aggie Pride friends out there. I want you to say Camille ain't fair. I invited Jamie Walker, but he had prior <laughs> obligations. So, you know, we did have Aggie representation. We got the Rattlers on here. You know we normally have Charles Bishop, but he's out on assignment. So I don't want the Jackson folks, state folks saying that the water crisis has us treating people wrong. We up there praying for y'all in all seriousness. We want to make sure you take care of yourself. But we want to let y'all know that that wasn't up. Then we got the Prairie View Panther here. Now we just got to see which side Mike going to represent because he got a little Texas Southern Tiger in there. But I think I'll have to take over the Tiger side. I'll let him handle it with the Prairie View side. We're going to make sure we get in all these matches, much more Tuskegee. For Valley, we got somebody can give us a little bit of insight on that CIAA. We got an SIAC CIAA matchup this weekend. So we're going to get into it all. But with that being said, I'd be remiss. It's just amazing to me how there is always this connection with HBCUs across the board in general, but particularly in sports. Serena Williams uh, is doing her thing in terms of her last dance. You might, some people might say at the U.S. Open, she's won uh, first two games, including last night when she beat at number two. The thing about that is FAMU has news, and they're in for some positive news, which is timely. The FAMU Beta Alpha chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated made a grand slam at the U.S. Open's uh, fan week with their stepping skills, their performance honored the legacy of hashtag FAMU alumni, Thea Gibson, the first black tennis player to win a Grand Slam tournament, who was also a member of the Beta Alpha chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority over at FAMU. FAMU. So we say strike and strike again. So I wanted to get that out there just to show y'all when I talk about the sporting HBC diaspora, the HBC sports culture and how it cuts cloth. I'm just showing y'all what I'm talking about, just so y'all know. With that being said, we're going to go with our updates with our guests today. We'll go with Joshua um, in regards to what's some news that's hot on your mind, uh, besides, obviously, the big game over there. What else is going on in your world in terms of HBC sports? Absolutely, man. Well, I was I want to give a, a nod to uh, our HBCU alum who have, made the 53-man roster in the NFL. I'm a football guy. Uh, I'm a football first guy, even though I graduated from a basketball school, uh, to say the less. So um, I want to give a huge nod to my guys who have made the NFL roster, officially made the 53-man roster. Uh, another super salute to guys who may not have made the 53-man active roster, but made the uh, practice squad, had an opportunity to jump on some of these travel teams, and, and will have an opportunity to be able to get on some teams um, later on in the season, pending some injuries, obviously we don't hate for any, we don't wish anybody to get an injury, but um, in the case that somebody does end up getting injured, uh, it would always be good to see an HBCU guy suit up on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, and uh, and represent for the HBCU brand. So that's where I'm at, dog. I, I, I'm glad to see these guys getting that paper on the professional level, and uh, I'm going to be even more excited in a little bit over a week here when we get a chance on Sunday, uh, on Thursday night when it kicks off to see some of the HBCU guys that are already on active rosters to be able to show out and represent. Point well made, because that is a nice little weekly check. You know, um, what, I think $10,000, $14,000 a week or something like that. So yeah. not too bad. Obviously, when you think of the NFL, people think millions. But, hey, <laughs> you got to start somewhere, and you're making a bigger check than a lot of folks make in terms of their weekly uh, income. So let's make it work. I like that shout-out. Great point. Let me go to you, Drew. We're going to put you next on the list uh, since you're the regular visiting clinical professor, as we say around these parts. What's on your mind with some of the HBCU news of the day? 
and I think you guys went over this on uh, Tuesday, but I want to bring this back out. Is uh, Relanisha Shore names Tara Owens as their athletic director. This comes from bxsports.com. Owens joins the campus after four successful years at Central State University in Wilberforce, where she grew student athlete enrollment by 110% and secured $2.5 million in funding for renovations to athletics. Prior to that, she was director of athletics at Baltimore City Community College where she was named Maryland Junior College Athletic Conference Coach of the Year three times. She's also held in places such as Norfolk State, Elizabeth City State, Cheney University, and Petersburg Public Schools. So uh, congratulations, and my, my rattling business to come out right now. Another school gets, a, gets an athletic director, A, <laughs> Permanent or full-time athletic director, not an interim before <laughs> FAMU does. We've been at this since April in Tallahassee. Yeah. That's yeah, how I, like shot, I can't. That's how like shots fired. Uh, uh, slow you down, but I can't even blame you on that one. That's a good point. Yeah. That is another one. They just <laughs> keep coming they just before keep coming. FAMU can do their thing. Now, now, one last thing on that. There is an uh, emergency board of regents meeting tomorrow in Tallahassee. Uh, don't know if the, the athletic director will be named in that meeting, but I hope there's some specific leadership, guidance, and necessary reprimands come out of this meeting because they say all news is good news, but I don't know about this, but in this situation, you know, I, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not going to take up too much of the time. I, we got to let Mike get something in. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're going to let Mike get it in because always you strike zone. Shout out to those guys over there. They made sure that everybody in the world had an idea what many of the family faithful were thinking about. And you just made sure you dotted the I across the T, I's and T's that they were thinking about. Mike, what is the HBCU news today for you? Man, I can't beat that, man. But somebody always got to get that rattler strike in. We didn't. We didn't even have to throw that one in there. I mean, seriously, is that, is that what? Five months, Mike. I deserve to oh, get that one in. I don't care. I don't care. You didn't have to throw that one in there. I mean, <laughs> let 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 him stay in the background where he's at. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's up, Roy? How you doing? <laughs> Shout out to the producer there. For those that don't know who Roy is, don't see him on the screen. That's why he's the producer. Mike, you see, see, you got put on mute for that. <laughs> so I don't know if you talked about this or not, Doc. I was in the air on Tuesday, but. How about this whack uh, partnership with the Philadelphia Phillies? Did you get a chance to yeah, talk about we that? we jumped on that. But as a, we, we shouted you out as a data person. So, Lee, I was going to cover it, but let us know your thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I think it's big because, uh, you know, data point. You always hear me say data points, data points. But analytics can really be a big part of not business, but it's showing you it's a big part of, of sports. And it opens doors for people who might not otherwise be considered for this industry. So it's big. It lets you know how analytics goes not only to the performance, but it also goes to the business. So big shout out. I won't rehash it. I didn't have a chance. I was in the air on Tuesday, but big shout out to this partnership with the Philadelphia Phillies. Good one. Good one. As they say, good one. Let me give a shout out before we take this first break and come back with some of the poll rankings, including the marching sport. With that being said, shout out to Karen Griffin, Tuskegee, TU's in the house. Chuck Hunt, I'm ready for some football. I know that's right. Dexter Hill says Aggie Pride, Lonnie Shaw, up above my head. I hear thunder in the air. There must be some uh -huh. HBCU football somewhere. Young folks don't know about that. Yes, sir, Lonnie. I like that. That's nice. That's nice. Keep that one coming. Aggie Eagle Classic is a huge gathering. Yes, it will be. Chuck Hunt says I'm here. Shout out to Leonard. North Carolina A&T will have smoke eagle wings in Charlotte as the Aggies will barbecue oh, North Central. The only thing missing is what kind of sauce go with those wings. Josh, we'll let you get in here. We'll get you some time to get some payback Ooh. on that. 
Troy Coleman, Doc can't believe you're still on losing Eagle train. Oh my goodness. Hashtag shaking my head. That Aggie's up and waiting. Karen Griffin is out here. G Boom Holly's in the house. Kevin Crawford. We're going to have G Boom Holly joining us later in the year as we start getting into these marching sports. He's a former dream, drum major of Prairie View, so he'll make sure and check me in terms of what he thinks. Remember, when we do our poll ranking, it's about wins and losses. So we're going to make sure he understands that. Kevin Crawford, Theo Quest Major, Garland Dunlap. Brother Wendell Davis is in the house over there in Alabama. Theo Quest, as I said, Donald Crawford, Jimmy L. Wilson. I'm late, but I'm here. Yeah, that's why we didn't lock the door on you, Jimmy. We knew you were coming. Thanks for sending that early head nod because, you know, I'll lock the door on you. You get that F squared in your life, Ricky Burton, the wrong Matt Cooper. Good evening, professors. Let's get into our first break. We'll be right back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, Coaches and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a sixth sense. And a head-up display. They're here. I hit the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. We're going to get into some of these uh, poll rankings, if you would, uh, as we got the band rankings going on. Let's start with the marching sport. We're going to go into our top ten. Remember, this is based on a couple of key matchups that took place this past weekend. You had the Miak Swag Challenge with featured Howard, the Showtime Marching Band, uh, against uh, the Alabama State. We'll get in there in terms of those marching hornets and, and mighty marching hornets, as they like to say. Then, obviously, you had the National Battle of the Bands here in Houston, with the top eight thing. If you don't like the marching sport wins and losses, you blame it on Deuce. Uh, he's an eight-year-old. My son, <laughs> he picked the poll ranking. So, my fault if you can't get the young man excited. That's on you. He don't know no better. He ain't got no fandom in him. Win, loss. It is what it is. So, uh, you can't blame this one on me. It is nothing about the Deuce. So, with that being said, let's get into uh, these top ten. At number ten, you have Howard, Showtime Marching Band, as they got into it, they should be 0-1 in regards to they took the L. They did get in the top 10, but they took the L at Alabama State. Alabama State is one of those teams that's done well and surprised a lot of people, so it'll surprise you in some way. At number nine, you have Grambling State in terms of world-famed Tiger Marching Band. They looked okay, but it was a lot of stiff competition. Um, they do what they do, and I know they're world famed, but they took that L this last weekend. And number eight, 
North Carolina A&T, the Blue and Gold Marching Man. I'm not doing this because Jocelyn Simmons is on the show. I'm just saying they came down here, and most folks were not excited about what the Blue and Gold Marching Machine. They did much better last year, but to, I don't know what happened this year. They were 0-1, 23 points. Number seven, Edward Waters Marching Band got it down as they played for Florida Memorial over there in Miami Gardens. They showed up and showed out, so they got a win on the season. Puts them at number seven. And number six, you got Alcorn State Braves, the sound of dynamite. Man, they got it in there and got it done well. With that being said, in terms of that, let me get in the top five. I know we got a little sound in the background, so check it out. Hope it's not bleeding through. With that being said, let's get in that top five and see what that looks like. Kentucky State Mighty Marching Thoroughbreds, they won. They came in small band, but they do what they do. They keep getting these upsets. This is year two of the upsets. They upset Tennessee State last year, uh, found a way in the top ten. They got another upset this year and found a way to be one of the top four bands in terms of the HBCU National Marching uh, Band, Battle of the Bands. But at number four, you have that Alabama State Marching Hornets. As I told you, they took down Howard, and they are one to know. They got one first-place vote. We'll see if they can hang on it for the rest of the year at 71 points at number three, Southern Human Jukebox. Two first place votes, one and oh, 78. Probably with Southern, so many people excited about it. They certainly got it done in the stands, but on the field, they didn't get the same houses they usually. And I knew it was something different. And I guess the magnitude of what everybody expects from the Human Jukebox, sometimes they can play against you. But when you have your own marching member that's sitting in the crowd, he has his shirt on, he hyped. But as you see at number two, you have Prairie VNM, the marching storm. When he sees the marching storm and he drops his head a little bit and just kind of shakes, I said, oh, yeah, that's not a good look. That's not a good look. One and oh, one first place vote. But number one that took it was Bethune, Cookman, March, Wildcats. They got it done. They got the house. They had where when you looked over there, you had the phones come out and everybody turns on the lights. You had a couple of them before the end of the show. They had both sides of the dome rocking with the phones, with the background. Sound was great. Music was in there. And, you know, they just do a great job in terms of being solid. And that's what Deuce said. He said, look, he was excited. He told him, and I asked, who won? Who top three? He tried to share some love to his mom, which is the Alabama A&M watching band. Uh, but he said they 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 didn't quite cut it. So they didn't even make the top 10. I'm not telling this to y'all. Make sure y'all don't tell us to see the show today because <laughs> I don't want to get in no trouble. But let me go to you, Mike. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, surpri I'm surprised where Alabama A&M <clears throat> finished up considering his mom, as you mentioned. He may not get dinner or dessert for a minute. So uh, <laughs> I'm like – Deuce, what you doing? <laughs> Your dad didn't I teach me the it, art of, of Dad going to have to buy a bunch of takeout now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, unfortunately, I couldn't see the Battle of the Bands. I did see a few bands perform online. Uh, the Overwhelmingly, most news that I heard, obviously I'm a Panther, so I go with the marching stand. But I heard Bethune had showed up really well, so – to me, they should have been at the top of the uh, list. So I'll, I'll go with Bethune for now. Prairie View does have them for uh, homecoming. So we shall see, to me, who meets the eye test, band against band, on that field, on that hill, the original hill uh, in Prairie View in late October. So we shall see. I don't want to see. I don't want to hear the original hill. I can give you the history, but we don't have that much time. So... <laughs> So, but yeah, I think your list is solid. I think Alabama A&M has a very, very solid band. Southern is going to drown you with sound. They, the human jukebox, they are always going to drown you with sound. They sound really well. They play a lot of selections and they always divide, they have this move where they divide up into quadrants. I've always been enamored by them so, somewhat, but I'm like, Dr. Lee, hit him with the bumblebee. So... <laughs> <laughs> Professor Sims, jump in here and tell me what you thought. This is the marching sport. This is the key thing. Just to make sure that you get in there, as I told you, they say marching sport. Everything I know about a sport, that means there's a winner and a loser. So Absolutely. that's how we do the bang. You either win or you lose. What are your thoughts? Well, look, look, Doc, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. 
Uh, I'm, I know it's a win and a loss. I'm surprised that the marching 100, Florida and them marching 100 isn't in there. They they had a phenomenal performance. Had a lot of family members who were there at the Chapel Hill game. But at the end of the day, they did lose the game. So I I understand why they didn't grace inside the top 10. But I am going to say something, and I'm going to it, say it so delicately. Because this is the first time I get a chance to say it so delicately. That little squad you got at number eight, them little blue and yellow puppies, it's weak again. It's a brutal negative coming from the sound machine. So look out for next week. That sound machine, that maroon and gray, baby, them eagles. It's no ordinary boy yard foul. We're going to be in that top ten next week because we're going to spank them puppies. Watch my words now. Absolutely. That's why I'm back with it, Doc. Sound machine. I like that. I like that. Yeah, fam, you didn't get in the poll because it was North Carolina. That don't count. Everybody's supposed to beat up on North Carolina. They they yeah. were so nice. They were so excited about North Carolina. They asked them to march with you. Wait, 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 what kind of sport is that when you ask the band to march with you? They were in competition. Go ahead, A.D. Drew. What do you thought? I, I, I'm going to make my three uh, three quick points. A, you know, Florida Memorial, Alabama A&M, don't, don't, don't get into the poll. Only 12 teams competed this past weekend. So two had to be left out. Got 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 to throw that out there. Number two, Alabama State was the only one on your list that I actually saw live, and I called you and told you I was like, man, hey, I don't know how I don't know where they gonna rank on this poll, but hey, uh, excuse me, Alabama State definitely beat Howard. Heads up at uh, at the game where I was at, and number three, got I know it's just an honorable mention right now, but I got to jump back on my on my hundred, uh, Florida A and M University. You know where North Carolina marching with. Fam, you it's like you know it's kind of like when Michael Jordan used to walk in the building, and uh, you know when they played in the Olympics back in '92, and the athletes from the other teams were asking Michael Jordan for an autograph before he Stop went and dunked on him. Stop. Before he went Stop. and dunked on him and put up thirty on him. That's what Fam you was in North Carolina. So Fam you, no it's an honorable mention right now. But we got to we got to remember those bonus points, Doctor Caville. When they have a head to head competition, and you got to add that to their next test score. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, so, hey, right. can we get it? Hold on. Time out. Time out. Stop <laughs> it. Enough. Please. You act like that's a big thing. When Gramlin went up and played, uh, I'm sorry, when Prairie went and played Texas AM, they gave Texas AM gave them a standing ovation. And having that family, They gave the whole halftime, too, didn't they? they? Yeah. But they, no, they, they but, wanted to be out there and touch them. They, we but, were, hey, wait. There's more. Of they There's imitated, more. never duplicated. So you will, if you can't you duplicate will. us, you might as well imitate with us. You will hey, make hey, the hey, same thing. Carolina's band, Bill Lambeer. That's basically what he's talking about. <laughs> That's what he said. All right, we're going to move on. That's up with the marching sport. We'll get into it next week, man. These folks trying to lobby. It don't work like that. Win alone. Yeah. It don't count when you do North yeah. Carolina. Yeah, it don't count. You know, Tar Heels, when they come up there and be like, come on, come, would y'all come do a song with us? No, this is a sport. I like that. Michael Jordan says, no. No, mid-major top Perfect 10, game, top dog. 10 poll rankings. Let's get into it. You had number 10. You have none other than Tuskegee Golden Tigers. Uh, they stay at number 10. They were ranked preseason, so they did not play. It'll be interesting this week for Valley State. At number nine, Florida Memorial Lions. After their victory, they jumped in the top ten at number nine as they were not ranked last week. The rest of them are chalk at number eight is Miles Golden Bears. At number seven, Savannah State Tigers. At number six, Kentucky State Thoroughbreds. Top five programs are, get you going here, is none other than Virginia Union Panthers, Bowie State Bulldogs, Fayetteville State Broncos, Langston at Lions at number two, and Always State Golden Rams. And number one with seven first place votes. We won't get into the dialogue here because there wasn't a lot of changes, but I did want everybody to know that we had week zero. We also had slight changes in the major division. We won't go over there, but I do want to drop it on everybody so they can see it. Starting with the top 10 in terms of the major division, slight changes here. Um, basically, you're going to see where Alabama State moves up, but at number 10, you have Norfolk State Spartans. Some people call them for upset. I don't know about that against Marshall, but we'll see. At number nine, you have none other than uh, Tennessee State uh, as they go to uh, in terms of number nine. 
And as you get into it, at number eight, you have North Carolina Central. At number seven, you got Alabama State. They jump up two spots from previous being number nine. At number six, you got Alcorn State Braves. Top five programs are at number five, North Carolina A&T Aggies at Alabama A&M. The Bulldogs at number four. At number two, Florida A&M. Rattlers at number, excuse me, at number three. You have Florida A&M. At number two, you have Jackson State. And at number one, you have South Carolina State. What I like about this is you got a top 10 matchup. You got two top 10 matchups, and we'll talk about those in the second half. Let's get into our second commercial. We'll come back, and we'll emerge ourselves on some of these big matchups, and we'll let some of these football gurus get into some of the X's and O's and tell you what they think of some of these matchups, including those top two top 10 matchups in the major division, which will be fascinating, which will feature North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central. Fam, you Jackson State. We'll talk about some of the other matchups as well. Signals will be right back after the second break. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. He ran 25 yards. This is Dr. DeVille with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. You see him. That ain't no kick. Let's get into some of this talk. I want to start with the Sunday matchup, Black College Football Hall of Fame Classic, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. That is in Canton, Ohio. SIEC against the CIAA. I like that type of matchup. We get to see what is going to happen. Central State Matadors wants the Salem State Rams. Obviously, Stephen A. Smith will be there as he will represent uh, for the Black College Hall of Fame, uh, first take as they get in it, representing as an alumni at one state of state, should be good. But I want to talk about the matchup. I'm going to go to you first, Drew. Give me a little update on what do you think about Central State Matadors coming out of the SIC, and I know you write for them over there. But tell us also about Winston Salem State. Where, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Which direction do you see it going? Uh, well, start off, let's start off with Central State. Central State with a new head coach, Kevin Porter, who was formerly at Fort Valley State. And, of course, Kevin Porter has uh, ties to the NFL with the uh, playing with the primarily with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and I'll say this about all three of the, what I like to call recycled coaches in the <laughs> SIAC. And, and I use that term respectfully because they've gone from one institution to another institution within the SIAC. All three of these coaches, Kevin Porter, Reginald Ruffin, and Willie Slater, had success at their previous institutions, and they had early success at their previous institutions. So I'm honestly expecting them there to still be the same. Winston-Salem State, big losses, Tayshawn Taylor, uh, Joshua Flowers, 
but they've got some key returners, Deontay Jones, Trevor Willard, uh, Cameron Perkins, a- Anton Williams, and I, I could go on and on and on, but fellas, this isn't the central state of the 2010s. This is the central state of late against the central state of late, not the central state of Billy Joe. I say all that to say I've got a little bit of faith in Kevin Porter. I think I think Central State's going to surprise uh, some people and hmm. go ahead and pull this one off. Yep, one for the SIC. That's a big one because CIAA has been getting it done as of late, all <laughs> except for Albany State being able to hold their own. Yeah. Let me go to Josh to make sure we get everybody in. Right. Josh, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Yeah, Doc, I'm I'm um, Central State. You know, I had the esteemed opportunity when I was an undergrad. We played against Central State in the Ohio Classic, in Cleveland Classic. Uh, played them in, in the Cleveland Brown Stadium. This was back in 2010. Uh, man, you know, they were a rough, tough team. We were, you know, FCS, major FCS uh, program coming in there, playing against, and they was rough, man. They were rough and tough. And, you know, obviously all of my story battles against Winston-Salem State. I'm from Winston-Salem. So it's it's obviously I have a vested interest in seeing State really kind of turn it around. And they, that's how you kind of know I'm from Winston-Salem because we don't call it some State State in Winston-Salem. We call Winston-Salem State State. Uh, Coach Massey's got Coach Massey's got a good team, man. He's got a good team this year. Uh, the big question that's going to come out for me with them coming out of camp is what's going to happen in the backfield, man. How solid and how big are they going to be able to perform against a Central State defense that looks a little bit young, not as experienced as, as you would hope in this game. But uh, Winston State's got some experience on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so I'm expecting Coach Massey and that quarterback room that they got there and, and on the south side of Winston-Salem to come into this game and perform very well. Uh, it's it's going to be close fairly early, but I got State pulling away a little late in the game. I got them really pulling away. Got them winning by three touchdowns, man. So uh, we'll Ooh. see if they can make see if they can make me a believer that that offense really can get clicking against that Central State defense. I got them winning by three touchdowns, pulling away late. As they say in North Carolina, he has State winning big. With that, it's one and one. So, Mike, break it. What do you think? What do you thought? So you both make good points. I think Winston-Salem, um, they, they do have a, a, good, a solid coaching staff. What I look at is historically, they finished last year scoring 12 points, 12.1 points per game, allowing their opponents 22 points a game. Now, that's some fuzzy math, but that's almost twice the input. <laughs> now, that's an order of magnitude <clears throat> input to come into 2022. They got some new players, but Central – has some they they have some new players, but from what I've read and what I've seen, they some dogs. They some athletes. They move around the field. They move to the ball fast. So I don't know. So not so fast, my friend. Too many data points, in my opinion, favor uh, Central. So that's my pick. I like it. I like it. So we got two for Central, one for Winston Salem State. So we'll see how it ends up next week. As we get into it, let's stay with the mid-major. This is an independent game of the week. Has to be the high, one of the highest-ranked teams, number two, Langston Lions. Obviously, they started off real well, got up to number one, and then they fell on hard times. So they got a chance to rebound. You know anything about that program, they're chopping up the bits. They go right into it as they play Oklahoma Panhandle State. Uh, this weekend is in Langston, W.E. Anderson Stadium. It's a Saturday. It's a Sooner Athletic Conference game. At 4 o'clock Central Standard Time, so it'll be interesting to see what's going on there. I'm going to start with you, Mike, and take it back around. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup that features the number two, Langston Lions? You know, I, I got to go with Langston on this one. Langston has had some pretty, a pretty good couple of years. They've had a solid offense. They've led, led that conference, SAC, uh, or been at tops in the offensive output. And I believe they beat Panhandle State last year. Uh, what was it, 14-7, 10-7, something like that? Something like that. I know they won. Yeah. yeah. So they played them well, So and they did well. I always joked and said, you know, who do they play in that conference? Uh, but they beat Wayland Baptist, Arkansas Baptist College last year. So I look for Langston to, to rebound and to start straight. So I'm picking Langston in this one. Good point. Let me go back to you, Drew. What do you got? Uh I'm going to be honest with you, Doc. Right now, I think Langston may be a little overrated at this Ooh, early fair. point in the season. Uh, not quite sure what the quarterback room looks like there in Oklahoma. 
uh, those that that's my major concern. If they get the quarterback room figured out, we know what uh, the likes of offense can do. Defense defensively, they their defense has been average to go along with a great offense. Now, if the quarterback uh, situation is not as good as it's been in the past, does that average get exposed? That's that's the question that has to be determined. I still like Langston in this game, but I I, it, I don't think it will be a runaway. I think it will be a different tuck battle all the way, and uh, Langston with their experience will pull it out. I'm going to give you a little bonus. You just so well with that. I'm going to give you a little bonus, A.D. Drew. Talk Tell me you. a little bit about this Tuskegee Fort Valley matchup. What are your thoughts on that? Man, you, you, about, you about to hear the I'm sore subject for Look, last year, Fort Valley came in and beat us 30 to nothing. Let me repeat that. 30 <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> and I don't have it in front of me, but I believe we finished that game with not one, not two, not three, but four yards rushing in that in that particular game. Wow. I believe we've if, if and I'm going off a of memory on that one, but yeah, four, I remember it was low. I think it was four yards like rushing in, in, in that yes. game. We had more penalties than rushing yards. That is never a good formula to beat be beat a team. Now, Fort Valley with uh with, with a new head coach this year. Uh, uh, I'm having I'm having a brain fart right now. Uh, uh, Sean Gibbs is not a head coach at at Fort Valley uh, State University, so it is it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Wheeler Brown has just taken over, I believe, as athletic director. I believe that was announcement was made yesterday. Another school they. Uh, at least they've got. At least he's the interim. He's not the permanent. But another school with athletic directors. You know how I feel about those. <laughs> tell us. Tell Red, us how you really feel. <laughs> Red, Red, Reginald Ruffin has bought some. Bought his running game from Miles to Tuskegee. He bought his top uh, running back with him over to Tuskegee. He's got a couple quarterbacks in the room. I believe he has six quarterbacks in camp. So. I, I think Tuskegee's going to be much improved. I've got to lean towards Tuskegee this this year in this game, bouncing back. Victory number 700 for the Golden Tigers in Montgomery, Alabama, in Crampton Bowl, where they've run about 70 other games uh, throughout their history. Josh, you want to jump in there? I saw you t- talking a little bit about the coach over there at Fort Valley. Any thoughts on that? You just want to throw it out there? Yeah, Doc. I had Coach. I had Coach Gibbs on HBCU nightly a couple weeks ago uh, when you were on as well, that. Doc. Man, uh, and Coach Gibbs. Obviously, I'm not going to just say this because he's a North Carolina Central grad. <laughs> he was at. He played at Central when we was rocking and rolling in the CIAA. A lot of love to Coach Gibbs. But when Coach Gibbs was on the show, he sung the praises of that running back room. That running back yeah. room he had down there, and this is a guy. Coach Gibbs is a guy who's coached. Tariq Cohen, he's coached a handful of backs that they've had at AT, uh, including the Cartwright kid and all of these guys he's coached. He coached the biggest running back that we've ever had in North Carolina Central. Um, and so, literally, man, he sung the praises of his running back room. With obviously, a little apprehension, you know, there because he didn't want to get these guys, you know, having the big head. But what Coach, what Coach Gibbs has down at Valley, Bringing a, a proven staff, some of those guys that's on that staff, these guys he retained, but he brought his defensive coordinator down with him from A&T, Denzel Jones, and what he was talking about in that running back room. And then I can't go without saying, A.D. Drew, but thudder than nothing, thudder than nothing is thudder than nothing. So how I many times you go? How many times y'all gonna say this to me, man? Yeah, they <laughs> won bad. last year. <laughs> my bad, y'all. I got to say it one more time. My bad, but look, I got. <laughs> I don't have very much of a difference happening this year. I do think Tuskegee gets this on the board, but I still think that Fort Valley ends up pulling this game out. I'm not going to say big because this is going to be a better game. Tuskegee is a better team this year than they were last year. And any brand-new head coach, he ain't coming in when nobody put a donut on him. So I got, I still got Fort Valley winning, but it, it, it ain't looking too good, A.D. Two new great coaches in that game. Great point. Yeah, great coaches, great matchups. Let's get into the major division. 
take our last break. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Charles Bishop is out on assignment. So we have the newest adjunct in here, Joshua Sam Sr., providing that insight and that knowledge. And then we have the clinical professor, A.D. Drew, dropping it as well. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's Reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. <laughs> It's like a loot machine. All around town, trying to get down. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www. .slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Press the analytic data with your hip-hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they wanna love yeah. And who the ball So listen to Professor Yes sir And pay attention Cause he gon' teach a lesson this is Dr. Lil with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. We're going to get into the major division. As we get into the major division, we got a couple of games tonight, including the South Carolina traveling, South Carolina State, the Bulldogs traveling to UCF Knights. That game is going on now. Maybe about to hit the first quarter. What do you got, Drew? 15 seconds remaining in the first quarter. University of Central Florida, 21, South Carolina State. Zero South Carolina State will looks like they will have the ball uh, first and ten on their twenty-five to open up the excuse me on the twenty to open up the second quarter. South Carolina State, excuse me, Central Florida just punted to end uh in the first quarter, but there is a flag on the play, so they may be kicking it again. But man, let me tell you about that rugby punt. South Carolina State <laughs> tried an Australian punt. And dude ran 25 yards before he kicked the ball. On the fourth and 19. Yeah, Coach Pugh looked at him and said, man, like you could tell that look on his face like, you know we don't do that here, son. <laughs> <laughs> and he almost ran for a first down. He almost had he the first the, before, before he, he punted the ball. The ball. <laughs> <laughs> you can see, hey, but that's going to be on Friday Follies. That's what that's going to be. If that's you can see the look on, on Coach Pugh's face, that look said it there. Said everything. Before we get into it, yeah, you got to take a picture of that. It, 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 wait until Monday when I get on the call. <laughs> Mississippi Valley State is at Talton. That's a 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, uh, you got Alabama A&M at UAB, which is also a 7 uh, p.m. kickoff. The first game is on ESPN Plus, and the second game is on CBS Sports Network. Let's get into it, and I'm going to go to – our new adjunct that's coming in here, we're going to go to this game first. He already told us it's the one we need to keep our eye on. It's on ESPN. Big South, one of the teams that's picked to be at the top, or is picked to be at the top, I should say, North Carolina a &T. You got North Carolina Central that's picked to be near the top of the MEAC, officially at number two, but they'll be right there in the business. Duke, Dukes, Mayo, Classic, Charlotte, North Carolina, Bank of America Stadium, 
BC, Big South versus the MEAC Saturday, September 3rd, 6.30 kickoff. Number five, North Carolina A&T State Aggies versus number eight, North Carolina Central Eagles. This is a top 10 matchup. I'm fascinated on it. I wanted to make sure folks on this side in terms of SWAC got a little understanding. So I'm going to start with Joshua to make sure he brings us and tell us what is going to go down in this matchup. Who should we keep out on? See this face. Listen, 2017 was the last time we beat these jokers. All right. And I'm gonna start off by giving Coach Washington a salute. They went ahead and named Jaeger the starting quarterback going into the game. Nothing against the kid Fowler. I thought that he was a, a pretty good player, but I thought that all of the reports that I was hearing coming out of North Carolina ANT's camp was that Jaeger Me the Jaegermeister was literally tearing that camp up. They had a four-quarterback race, um, including the younger brother of Hendon Hooker, who's the quarter starting quarterback at Tennessee, who was also in that. Mm -hmm. They also had a freshman in that in that mix as well. But all of the reports were saying that Jaeger was really dominating that camp. So I have to give a big salute to Coach Sam Washington on finally making a decision like that. Uh, he didn't have a great history of being able to pull the trigger that way. But it ain't going to matter. Our defense last season, just a little bit about our defense last season. Last season, we had the youngest defense in the MEAC. We had half of our front seven were freshmen, true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, and sophomores. All of those baby eagles, they have now come into their own, and they have now spread their wings. And you couple that with statistically – the second best quarterback in our school's history behind the GOAT, Air Harvey, and Davius Richard. Davius Richard, the second quarterback in school history, oh. passed 2,000 plus yards in back to back seasons. Not only are we singing his praises at 1801 Fayetteville Street in Durham, North Carolina, but so is everybody in the MEAC. They know what to expect, they know what's happening. And if anybody has a doubt in their mind that the North Carolina Central University Eagles, are going to come into this game with our heads held high, ready to rock and roll, and we're going to tear these little puppies from limb to limb. You got a second thing coming. I got us winning by 10 on Saturday. Beautiful weekend, beautiful nighttime kickoff in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's going to be a great night for the Eagles to set the record straight. Good breakdown, good breakdown. Because of the time, Mike, and A.D. Drew, let's, I'm going to let y'all break down a game apiece, but I do want you to tell me who you think is coming out of this game. You don't have to break it down, but tell me who you got coming out of that North Carolina Central versus A&T game, Mike. I got A&T. A.D. Drew, hey, we got an eagle. We got A&T. Which direction are you going? Hey, one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the nation, uh, Davis Richard. I got, I got to put it on his shoulders. Central. You won. I see it. I like it. Good point. So let me go to you, Mike. I want you to break down this Prairie View Labor Day Classic matchup between Prairie View and Panthers and, at Texas Southern. This is the first year that I can remember in maybe 10 years with neither one of these teams coming in ranked into this matchup. Changing coaches, things of that nature. Um, Andrew Body, everybody believes one of the top quarterbacks at the HBCU FCS level. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup, Mike? Well, <clears throat> TSU is going to be that X factor with Andrew Body and that offensive com offense coming to the game. He's got some new weapons. He's a dual threat quarterback. He could buy for all swag if you if you know depending on how he plays. Uh, in terms of playing Prairie View, defending West champions, we had a chance to talk with uh, Coach uh, Coach Bubba on this past week on 1876 Panthers. Uh, uh, sports and culture, and he that team is playing with a chip on their shoulders. Uh, yes, they lost two people on the defensive side. One actually went to Southern, uh, but they have Trazon Conley, quarterback, who's made some improvements. So you expect that offense to go. What you don't know is about that TSU defense. Can they stop a excellent offensive team? You've got uh, Shep, uh, I forget his name, on uh, who's the only Prairie View offensive player who really went all swag. He was uh, <clears throat> second team all swag. So you've got a returning running back. You've got receivers on the outside. 
You've got a, a quarterback in Trey and Conley who can get it to him. You've got uh, you've got a coach out of schemely. The question is TSU's defense. Can they hold them into this year? They've got to go road to prayer, which I may consider hostile territory. So I'm going to go with, not because it's my alma mater. They're both my alma mater, but I'm going to go with Prairie View. They also have some some folks on that defensive line. They are underestimated. They have bought some folks in on that mm-hmm. defensive line from the transported court. So they can give body a little bit of problem. Force him to move. Force him to beat you on the run. Uh they're built they're built that way. Um so I I look for I look for it to be hot at the beginning, but I look for Prairie View to eventually pull it out. Again, Joshua A D, you don't have to break it down. You heard right now which direction you're going. Who are you picking in this Labor Day Classic on the West Coast side, if you would, Southwest in terms of Texas, West Division of the SWAC? Joshua, who you got? Prairie View, Texas Southern in this matchup. Andrew, body aside, I've got Prairie View and m taking this win. A.D. Drew, where you going? Hey, I'm, I'm going to pull out my key sweat. My body all over your body, baby. <laughs> stop, stop, Texas stop Southern. It. Texas stop Southern. Uh, uh, yeah, wait a minute. couldn't get that sweep in there. We got two and one. It's pretty good, yeah. pretty good matchup now, there. Let's get into me, it. Real quick, uh, Jaden Stewart was the dual threat running back I couldn't think of. He was second team oh, all yeah, sweat. Yeah, I knew you had to mention Stewart. I knew it. Yeah, I knew you were going to come back with it. Let so, me go to yeah. AD Drew. This is a top 10 matchup. In fact, it's a top three matchup. We got Jackson State, number one, versus Florida AM at number three. We know all the things that's taken around with FAMU. Oh. This is actually the second game. Played really well against uh, North Carolina. We talked about that Sunday in terms of how they look. But this is the Orange Blossom Classic, Miami Gardens, Florida, Hard Rocks Stadium. It's the matchup number two. It is a conference game, Sunday, September the 4th at 4 o'clock. It is on ESPN2. By the way, that Prairie View, Texas Southern Labor Day Classic is on ESPN+, Plus, as well as the North Carolina Central game is on ESPN3. So I want to make sure you get that out there because I need you to watch these games. With that being said, Drew, break down this matchup for us. Well, as, as much as we've been anticipating this game for 300 and – well, it's about 63 days right now because we're two days away from 362 days. But we've been anticipating this game. This game is really secondary to the issues that these players are dealing with uh, off the field. Florida A&M with uh, the meltdown within the athletic department, the Jackson State students with the crisis that's going on in their city uh, with the water. So, Great point. You know, this game should really be renamed the distraction bowl because that's what this is. This is going to be for both both of these uh, both of these teams. With that being said, Shadua Sanders, freshman of the year, top rated quarterback uh, right now in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Jeremy Musa, I think, is going to. Take that challenge and try to show everyone that the moose is loose and try to go out and supplant Shadur Sanders as the most talked about quarterback in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. We saw what he did against North Carolina, you know, and if it wasn't for the bad, I won't say the bad call, the untimely call at the end of the first half with the interception uh, going into halftime, that's a totally different ball game for Florida A&M. Now, we're not going to talk about the fourth quarter where they just ran out of legs because, you know, you miss, you miss about 15, 20, 30, 40 people uh, due, to, due to other issues. But, fam, you showed me something in that particular game. I hope I, I as good as Jackson State is, I hope they are ready because Fabu already has their legs up under them, having played that game against North Carolina. The question is, how long will it take Jackson State to get their game legs up under under them? I've got to lean towards Florida A and M because of that. Yeah, and you don't have to break it down, but I do want to know which direction you're going, Mike. Where are you going with this one, Jackson State or Fabu? 
I'm actually coming uh, to take FAMU. Um, I think they showed us something. They showed the world something against North. That Musa is 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 real. I, I think Jackson State's going to really have to put him on guard. You know, Miller's going to do his thing at linebacker. Can can they get an edge rush on him? Uh, North Carolina was fine by letting him say, "Hey, we'll hit you with the uh, with the short passes. We'll, we'll let you go with the middle passes. We're not going to let you like let you go deep." So he may try to probe that Jackson State defense deep. So how much pressure can can they put? And I think Musa is ready to step up to that challenge um, to meet what the Jackson State bring. And I think it's an important point that my good friend AD drew. Fam, uh, fam, you has their legs. They 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 got one in the bucket. They ready. Uh, and I think they'll use their troubles as motivation versus letting them be a distraction. You can't rule out the coaching and the leadership in this as well. Yes, there are two distractions, but I think both coaches for both teams will find a way to let this be motivation for both teams as opposed to being a distraction. Too much is on the line. Great point. Joshua, he jumped in there. I told him he had to do a syllabus. But if you want to do a little bit on this, let me be fair to you. You can say a little something, too, and not just pick the score. Go ahead. Just a little bit, two points. In the midst of FAMU's distractions and problems and issues, they still went and played that game and played a heck of a game at that. Minus the uh, about a quarter and a half of that, the second half for the third quarter into the fourth quarter, and then obviously you have to take into context what happened before halftime. In the midst of the distraction, they played a heck of a game. Jeremy Musa, I mean, good gracious. The brother can throw. He can let that arm loose. My second point is a little bit in, in differentiation to that, though. That Jackson State defensive back room, what are they going to do? All of the hype around all of the guys they have going in there, Travis Hunter walked back in the building this week, all kudos, and we're excited about seeing him back in because we want to see that world-class talent, five-star talent get on the field and play his best on Sunday. But what what about everybody else that's in that JSU defensive back room? Uh, we saw Mark Pope decide to transfer. That wide receiver room. We saw FAMU's defensive back room, the defensive back court, get a little bit torched against UNC Chapel Hill. So I'm looking at the play between the receivers and the DBs, which Ooh. defensive back room doesn't get torched the most. And when I'm looking at that and I'm looking skill for skill, I've got to go Jackson State on this one, fellas. I'm sorry. As good as I saw Bam you look in that game against Chapel Hill, minus that, that call right before halftime, they probably – this is a totally different game. But Jackson State is a totally different beast. So I've got JSU winning this game. Close. Close. Oh, Great close. breakdown. I think I said Jackson State at number one, but it's actually Jackson State number two. So it's a 2-3 matchup, two yeah. top ten matchups. The last one is going off. It's not a top 10. It's Howard Hampton. Don't want to necessarily break down. I'll do a little bit about that. The question to me is this a big one? HU, uh, can Howard bounce back? Can they get some momentum before they start playing the rest of their schedule, which is strong, and get into the MEAC because they were expected by some folks to be in part of the business, but not so fast so far. Hampton needs this one because they're in the Colonial, and everybody knows about the Colonial, really tough conference. You look at their schedule, they got some of the tougher teams in the Colonial. So besides maybe that Morehouse game, this is one of the few games where you're talking about these teams possibly can get a win when you're talking about Howard, when Hampton is talking about Tuskegee. So this is a big one for both teams, obviously, for bragging rights. Fascinating. In terms of win, loss, who you going with, Joshua, which one you got, Howard or Hampton? I've got I've got Hampton in this game. Elijah Burris is going to be able to run all over that defense, man. I've, I've got I've got Hampton in this game. Eddie Drew, anybody know what the weather forecast is for the real HU? <laughs> and the reason I say that is because you know how it was affected. I think more by the weather than anything else. They could not get any sustained momentum because of the weather and the threat of weather. Defense looked great. Offense just could not get any type of rhythm because of the stopping and starting, stopping and starting. I think they go into practice this week and they correct those issues. I, I've got Howard in this game. Mike, last one. What you got? Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you on this. I, I, I got Howard. I won't 
I was so before you shut my mic off, I won't do too much of a breakdown, but I, I got Howard actually pulling this off. Their defense was solid. They made some critical mistakes, but I think they'll pull it together. So I got Howard pulling this one out. Man, best thing I can tell everybody in terms of that, make sure you turn on your uh, TVs, watch the game, stream them, do everything you need to do to make sure that you plug these games so we can get the credit in. Extremely good matchups. Excited about what's going on this weekend. Wanted to give a shout-out to Brother Joe Clay as he's the one that gave the Jaden Stewart updates. I see you out there, uh, Joe Clay. Appreciate your updates. Shout-out to Silas Edward McMorris, Jasmine Reed, Vincent, uh, all these folks jumping in here, Kevin Crawford, Marlon, Mary Allen, as we said. Appreciate y'all checking us out, sending us love. Daryl Terrell, check us out. We'll be here this weekend. We'll give you updates as we will give you some updates after the weekend. Make sure you turn us on and check us out uh, as continue to do my JBN, my BCSN. Uh, we will have the game time show this weekend, giving you some updates. Obviously, we'll have Carlos Brown giving up his show. But thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yadavadil, the dean of HBCU sports coming from inside the lab in the college of HBCU sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop as he's out on assignment. But I want to say thank you to our clinical Professor A.D. Drew, our adjunct guest today, uh, Professor there, Joshua Sims Sr., breaking down and giving us some insight. Look for him regularly. We'll bring him back. He's a guest. He's bringing him along. Looking for him again. Join him on Twitter Spaces with the HBCU Nightly. And don't be surprised if we turn on and he has a show on the show. You know how we bring him in. We look forward to next week as we continue to discuss the latest in the news. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock, Sunday at 9. We might have something special for you on Monday as well this holiday weekend. So follow me, Dr. Yadakaville, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is Inside HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Haiti Drew. Central Florida 28, South Carolina State 0. Course. Mike. Lecture. Joshua, on the last one, make sure you say dismiss when I call your name. Joshua. Dismissed. Eagle Pride. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.